Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JUSTBASEBALL, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. We're talking tweeners on the Just Baseball Show. Teams that can be buyers, can be sellers, can be a mix of both, can do nothing. Uh, We'll decide what they should do, want to do. I have no idea. We're nearing that point where you got to hunker down and make a decision. And it feels like there are several teams in both the AL and the NL that have yet to make that decision. Also, a couple of guys with big auditions uh, as we talk at 5 p.m. on Wednesday uh, ahead of the Wednesday night slate. Jack McMullen, Arm Layton, Just Baseball Show. As always, presented by BetMGM. Use promo code Just Baseball and start betting with the king of sportsbooks. We're going to talk Cubs, Reds, Angels, Mariners, Yankees, Padres, and a couple other teams here. Just teams that like, okay, you guys didn't talk about them yesterday in the division leaders right now and looking at the mm-hmm. division odds, but teams that have to figure their shit out before Tuesday's deadline. Oh, wait, you didn't want to talk about Rob Manfred getting the uh, Supermax? Yeah, that was good. Rob Manfred or Jalen Brown? Who who would you <laughs> rather have? Uh, yeah. Both are, are very one-dimensional, not that <laughs> likable, and seem to disappoint you. So, No, out. you know what? I know Jalen Brown has empathy because when um, – who stepped on Grant Williams's head and, like, pushed his face into the floor? Was that Embiid? I think Embiid I stepped I on the back so. of Grant's head, and there's there's like a freeze frame of that, and Jalen Brown is laying on the floor just looking at it with like his mouth wide open, like, oh, like, shit, oh, you God. got it. Yeah, so that was like, okay. Oh, wow, he's Jaylen, a good guy. Jalen Brown has empathy, for sure. I'm here for it. Uh, yeah, Rob Manfred got extended. We also wow. want to talk Marco Luciano um, yep. getting called up. Kike Hernandez back in L.A. is kind of fun. 
Yeah. Also, lightning quick primer on Sal Freelich because you saw the debut. That guy can be a legit piece for the Milwaukee Brewers moving forward as they try uh, and put away this National League Central for good. I we kind of have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do have a lot. We'll we'll try to do like our our efficient bounce around. You know, I, I'm I'm excited to to highlight the the teams that are kind of in this tweener range because what you do here is either you know obviously what pushes you over the top and puts you in the playoffs but if you buy and you stink and you you know flounder out you are buying yourself more time in the purgatory or or at least exposing yourself to being much more likely to land in the purgatory so teams have to really be able to evaluate where they are at and sometimes the hardest thing to do is not evaluate what players you should add to your team it's evaluating how good you actually are because you're so close to it and it's your team and you're always going to be a little extra bullish. So that should be fun. But real quick, we'll talk Marco Luciano because this is a team, the giants, we know they're, they're probably going to go out and buy, like they're not in this conversation. Like I think it's obvious, just go by, you get the same record as the D backs playing good ball. They're historic winning franchise, you know, it goes on and on, but they desperately need offense. And you know, Casey Schmidt, I, I love him as a prospect. I didn't think he was ready to take on a full role and hit all the time. His approach is pretty flawed. He's played great defense. He's had he had a nice start, but he's really struggling. Uh, Brandon Crawford, not great. Obviously, the, the offense is just not good, especially in the infield. We know what Marco Luciano could do power-wise. He was once considered a top 15 prospect in baseball. He's still a consensus top 100 guy. But this move screams panic to me mm-hmm. jack because they brought him up remember he's been hurt a lot the last couple of years which has really stifled his development he was in double a and he's striking out 30 percent of the time he was hitting for power 114 wrc plus but a 30 percent k rate they bring him up to triple a and he puts up good numbers for six games 30 percent k rate still and now they're they're bringing him up this guy will run into baseballs like don't get me wrong he's got pop and that'll translate he will run into baseballs but he's also going to get blown up and i don't know what the role is i don't know what they want him to do i think for marco luciano's long-term development a guy that's missed out on a lot of at-bats over the last couple years including covid yeah i'd like to see him develop but i understand the giants being in win now mode and and just trying to do something how do you feel about this move to a different level this feels very abrams in san diego yeah, a guy that yeah. is not ready, that is being thrust into a position to be a contributor, and you're disappointed when he is not a contributor. Mm-hmm. C.J. Abrams was like the eight hitting second base, the eight hitting shortstop, because Kim, that was Kim's first year in San Diego, he was playing second, and you were asking this kid that got, I think like eleven games of Double A experience under his belt to go do a serviceable job. Luciano has more than that. Luciano is more experienced at this point than C.J. Abrams is. And Luciano plays a different game because Abrams was like rail thin. He still is a skinny guy, but he has sneaky pop. Luciano, like his game is pop. What happens to power bats that aren't ready when they go up? Pitchers at the highest level, the best pitchers on the planet, eat them alive. More so than the bat to ball guys. The bat to ball guys, you just see like, you know, little impact, 300 turns into 240. and, And, you know, they are a struggling version of themselves. When a power bat is struggling in his first cameo in Major League Baseball, it looks way worse than contact guys. And that's Luciano. My worry is he's going to be so overmatched. It's going to be discouraging. 
and you don't want your top prospect and a really talented player, maybe one of the more talented shortstop prospects in baseball, you don't want that guy getting discouraged. That does nobody good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think with a guy like Marco, I think he's, will be happy to be there. And I'm never going to be angry about you and I are in the same. We're in lockstep on that. Like, Get his clock started. Good for him. No, you I'm know, pissed, I'll, dude. I'll, He's got to be in Richmond over, right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these guys will go 0 for 30 with 20 K. It's not going to be like, I wish I wasn't up there. Like, you got your clock started. You, you made a good amount of money. But yeah, check your bank account. And I'm sure you're very happy that you're up yeah, there. Yeah. But he's not going to stink that bad. He's going to run into homers. He's going to do some good things. I, I think that they can maybe, you know, put him in spots where he can succeed. But it, this is an interesting spot, though, because. I, it's like, like I like the Abrams co- comparison because like he's just now settling in. And I, okay. I put out a tweet today. Uh, who, you know, he's 22, by the way. Like, he's yeah. not that much older than Marco Luciano, which that could be a whole different conversation about why CJ Abrams is really good. And I think the the another guy that has just suffered from prospect fatigue or just because he graduated from prospect status. His last 30 games, by the way, 333, 377, 536 uh, at the big league level. He was forced to do the second half of his development in the big leagues. Some guys can do that. I don't know if swing and miss guys are are that type of profile are. that should develop in the big leagues. Abrams, it was never about the hit tool. He was never striking out that much. He was playing good defense as he settled in more. Like it's still there was still value to his game. He could obviously motor. Luciano's got to run into baseballs to be to be successful, and he's whiffing a lot. I, so you know we'll see. It, something could click, and he could go nuclear. He's as talented as they come. His exit velocities are top of the scale. 90th percentile exit velocity of 109 is among the best in the minor leagues. Hits the ball in the air. He's patient now, which does help hedge some of my concern. And he this could be the shot in the butt that the Giants want. I mean, if he does what Casey Schmidt did and then falls off a cliff, that's worth it, right? Like, that's still worth it because he just gave you a boost for two weeks. Yeah. So maybe that's what they're looking for here. I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm always pro a prospect getting brought up, but this was one of the more aggressive uh, promotions I've seen in some time. So I wanted to just talk about it briefly. A couple things there to unpack. Um, we drop F-bombs at least once an episode and you just said a shot in the butt. So you refrain from saying ass, even though there are far worse words that that come out constantly. So yeah, I really I don't know. appreciate it, that. Yeah. Shot in the tushy. Um, no, but the other Whoa, thing- trade just went down this second. Who? That's so weird. <laughs> Is it Trent Thornton who got DFA? <laughs> no, this is even weirder. Marlins trading Dylan Floro to the Minnesota Twins for Aww. Jorge Lopez. Oh, what? Why would why would the Twins do that? Um, they would probably want to cut bait with Lopez. Lopez has really struggled, and Jorge Lopez was. I mean, he was dealing with some between the ears stuff too, right? He had a really yeah. He was dealing with some anxiety and anxiety challenges and, and things like that, and. I mean, but I think this is a pretty good move for the Marlins. I mean, Floro has been unusable and I mean, Lopez has crazy stuff. And Lopez, uh, Lopez has been more than un, or less than unusable, I guess, better than unusable. That's probably the way it's not. It's not more or less. It's better or worse. He has been better than unusable. Lopez can throw the seventh inning in front of a Scott and a puck. Although puck yes. has been borderline unusable as of late. Puck, they just, they needed a high upside arm. Like they needed a whiff arm too. So I, I, I like this move for the Marlins and, uh, we're going to talk about what they're going to do and, and and their approach and everything like that. But I think it's a good kind of change of scenery for change of scenery trade here. Yeah. See how it goes. But that's a pretty weird trade. 
There we go. Uh, Pierce Johnson to Atlanta. I'm sure you guys didn't talk about that. I kind of like that move for Atlanta. Pierce Johnson got like closer reps for Colorado. It's just another arm to add to the stable. He's not replacing Rysel. He's not replacing any of those guys at the back of the bullpen. It's just another arm that you can turn to when you get into the postseason. I, I think a guy that, you know, the ERA is high, but he's pitching at cores, crazy strikeout numbers. So this is your your escape artist guy. You're Maybe you almost don't give him that many clean innings because his command is so bad that he'll make it dirty. These are the guys that you put in with bases loaded, nobody out and say, all right, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But we're playing with house money here. And sometimes they strike out the side. You know so what I, he is? That's that's that role. He's a 10th inning reliever. He's yeah. all right. You got a man at second. Like we need punch outs. Like go get us punch outs. And, I think that's Pierce Johnson. And it was a great trade by the Braves. I mean, one of the guys that got sent over Tanner Gordon, I know like opposing teams are like sad in double A that he's gone. <laughs> and Victor Good. Vodnik went undrafted in the rule five draft. Which so crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, just classic Rockies return. A hundred percent. Real quick, last statement on Luciano. There is one swing and miss pop guy that is that young that comes to mind post COVID that has succeeded at the major league level in the trial by fire scenario. Do you know who I'm thinking of? NL Central. Is- NL Central. NL Central, you said? NL Central. Huh. Give me five more seconds. Okay. Five, four, three. Joey Weimer. No. Uh. Nolan Gorman. Oh, true, true, true. So if if Luciano is more like Gordon, where Gabe Kapler and Kapler loves platooning and protecting, if Kapler protects Luciano from his weaknesses, he can kind of make a smooth transition to Major League Baseball, much like Gorman did. But if he is thrown into the fire a la C.J. Abrams, then it may be a serious difficulty. So one note on that. Biggest Achilles heel the last few years for Luciano has been change-ups. So if you kind of keep him away from... Just don't let him face Tyler Anderson. That's it. Yeah. Don't let him face the good change-up guys. That might be a good way to protect him. Perfect. Okay. Um, real quick on Sal Freelick before we get into the tweeners here. Freelick, everybody saw a three for three. That sack fly robbed two. I robbed a true home run and then took extra bases away, but made two leaping catches at the wall in right. Sal Freelick's not just here for like a quick cup of coffee and he's going back to Nashville, folks. Like Sal Freelick is an outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers for the foreseeable future. If you had to game plan an outfield, and I know that Garrett Mitchell is out for the year. Garrett Mitchell was looking really good. But in a perfect world, if each guy kind of achieved their 70th percentile outcome, 75th percentile, I would love to see Freelick in center, Weimer in right, and Yelich in left. Or you could go Weimer in center, Freelick in right, Yelich in left. I was going to say that. I think Weimer's the best of the bunch defensively, as crazy as that is. So good. He's and it's so funny because if you look at the grades, if you put this, see the scouting grades out there, not only did they say he wouldn't play center, they said he'd be iffy in in, in a corner. Yeah, it's just it's just amazing. Outfield defense, I feel like it's botched more than anything by that is that's the 80th arm I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that that, yeah, he that was the one they'd say 80 arm, you could stash him in a corner. Nope, he's elite in center. Um, we'll talk about the Brewers because I think that's a team that should be aggressive and should make some moves. I was thinking about Candelario today and I was like, man, that's everything they need they've got that surplus of outfield now they could move and shake Yelich having this like resurgence all of a sudden they're crowded out there maybe Garrett Mitchell could be moved maybe another outfield prospect commute like they could do a few different things so they're not one of the tweeners because they're a division leader right now but the Brewers I know they're not usually that aggressive they should be 
as aggressive as ever this this year. Yeah. So when we're talking about the Brewers outfield, obviously the the big omission, and I'm sure that some people are like slamming their, I, I guess, like the top of their glove box. If they're listening in the passenger seat, like, why aren't you talking about Jackson Chorio right now? Like, where's the word Chorio? Here it is. Chorio, Chorio, Chorio. You can't bank on that guy yet. He's 19 years old. He's in double A. He's hitting really well in double A, but let's plan on winning this year. Brandon Woodruff looked freaking awesome in his first outing of a rehab assignment in high A. Oh, yeah. He's going to go to Nashville. Um, I'm Woodruff may be up before Nashville comes to Indy. If he's not, I'll see him throw in two weeks. He touched um, 97. <laughs> yeah. Like Woodruff is coming back. Burns is Burns. Freddie yeah. Peralta just punched out 13 on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. So this rotation is getting reinforcements. Colin Ray is going to be out of it very soon. Um, Devin Williams has been nuts. Like Williams is one of yeah. the best closers in baseball. There's no concerns there. Honestly, I don't even think you need to address the outfield. I, I think what's going on at second base, do you feel like Bryce Terang is your guy right now? Talk Terang, about a whiff for me there. I, I was all in on the Terang train. No, but like I think Brewers fans are still in on the Terang train because they, they see the defensive acumen. They see the juice that can come out of that, but it just isn't really clicking right now. He's no. a great long-term option, but let's look at the short term right now. I think they could go use somebody that can plug in at second base. Or third base. Or third. A la Jamer Candelario. Yeah, I would love that. But, you know, again, they, they should no doubt add. But what about the rest of these teams now? Yes. Let's talk about the rest of the teams. Let's start in the National League here. National League East, there is uh, one team that's a tweener. I think we know that at this point, the Braves are buyers if they need anything. The Phillies are buyers. Actually, two teams. The Marlins and the Mets. What's going to happen with the Mets? Let's start with Miami. They went and got Jorge Lopez. Dumb. I saw something. Was it Morosi that said that the Marlins are yeah. checking in on Cody Bellinger? Yeah, they, they did. They, that's what Morosi said. Um, I can appreciate that. I can. I'm working on the on the Marlins deadline outlook, and staff is doing an big... awesome job on the deadline outlooks. By the way. Oh yeah, they're almost all done. I think I'm I'm the slacker. I think I'm one of the last ones to to finish here. Uh, it's been awesome. Go check that out at just baseball.com. We've got all 30 done probably by the time you're hearing this episode. I I don't know what they should do necessarily because I think they should add, you know, cautiously. Yeah. But Cody Bellinger is going to be expensive. And this team, like, yes, they just won. Sandy, by the way, best start of the year, complete yeah. game against the Rays. That was yeah. galvanizing. Hey, all right. There are three teams that have won five games in the month of July since July one. Five is the lowest win total in Major League Baseball. The Chicago White Sox, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Tampa Bay Rays are five and fifteen. Okay, yeah. So I mean that that helps. You know, you, again, it, it, all teams kind of hit their ebbs and flows. But I look at this Marlins team. We we're talking about it. Like Peter and I were discussing. I'm like, what do you need to upgrade? We're we're going through it. I'm like, third base, catcher, starting pitching. They need now. They need reliever. I'm like. Oh, geez, like maybe this Too team's much. just not that good. So I want to see them add like a Randall Grichuk or something yeah. like that, where you're not parting with a Jake Eater. But we're talking about purgatory. The Marlins have one of the worst farm systems in baseball. They could add Cody Bellinger and still f absolutely fall off a cliff. For sure. And it doesn't mean don't try, but you got to be really sure that one, the team's going to play better than it's played the last two weeks. And two, that Cody Bellinger makes enough of a difference to keep you in the hunt. 
obviously this is close to home for me and I'm very cynical with the Marlins. What, what would you do if you were the Miami Marlins? Cause I do think that they need to do something to show that they're invested in this team, yeah. whether it's picking up a, you know, a, a, a bad contract, like Craig Mish has said, they're willing to, to, to take on some money just for this year. That's why I think Grichuk, they could, you know, get for free. Uh, some other guys, they could Lance Lynn, they could pick up for nothing. Yeah. Those might be the moves that make more sense. Yeah, well, I'm going to make my case. I think Miami's the perfect landing spot for Shohei Otani. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that a Moncada-type guy would be really good. And I saw, was it Jim Bowden at the Athletic? Yeah, oh, yeah. Put yeah, that yeah, together. Bowden said Moncada for Avi Garcia and somebody else. Max Meyer. Uh, and Max Meyer, like, okay, like, no. Um, but I think a Moncada would be good because that is a, that's a hampering contract. Moncada needs a change of scenery. You know, there's so much fucking talent in that dude. Just came off the IL. If he has a good showing over the next couple of days, I don't think Moncada is going to be that expensive. I think if the White Sox go into full fire sale mode, they want to move a guy that's going to make $19 million next year. Are the Marlins willing to pay 19 next year is the big question. Probably not. Probably so not. Then, they can offset it. Right. You know. So then you hop into the rental market with everybody else. And that is not a good spot to be. So I think you need to be bold and eat some money for 24 and go get a guy that's on like, you know, hey, you get a year and two months of control or you're just kind of stuck in purgatory. I I think they are. I think they're totally in a middle ground here. I saw a rise since June 25th hitting 299. I think Codify put that out. But hitting 299 and the team is four games under 500. Like it's a negative impact because he's hitting 300 instead of 400. Yeah. You know, I think Solaire having an 88 WRC plus over that span too doesn't help. Um, yeah. I think that's what it's been since that exact date. I, I just, I, I think that this team, you look at the pieces top to bottom. How many of these guys are you confidently saying, oh, you know, that's a guy that's a piece for you in 2024, 2025? Arise, Sandy. Yuri, Edward Cabrera. On the position player side, because that's okay. the real issue. Arise. Arise. <laughs> Jesus Sanchez, he's playing great this year. Sure, yeah. Brian De La Cruz, I think, can absolutely. Sure. I think he'd be there. Yeah. Jazz, if he's alive. Oh, yeah. Forgot about Jazz. <laughs> yeah, exactly, though. So my <laughs> point is, like, you go get a rental. Okay, cool. You got a rental, and now you just invested more into a team that you know its value might even be diminished after this year because some of these guys may not perform that well next year some of them may not be long-term options and now you just you know invested more capital into a a company that you know may not be that good of a you know of a product i guess for lack of a better term so like i I, it's it's interesting i'm very fascinated to see what they do i think they should just go cautiously and add Carefully, Randall Grichuk, Lance Lynn, call it a day. That's what I think they should do. Cool, just two big burly white guys. I'm totally in on that. Um, yeah. it, it feels like Aerodyne Global, right? The the company, the penny stocks company from Wolf of Wall Street that you're telling me. Um, yes. right now the Miami Marlins are Aerodyne Global. Um, all right, the Mets. I thought Ryan Finkelstein, our managing editor, did a great job kind of finding a a trade partner with the Mets. I think if the Mets do sell a little bit, Baltimore makes a lot of sense because we've already seen it earlier this year where they move McCann and money. They eat a lot of money to go get an okay return. 
they yes. move Eduardo Escobar and money and they go and get a solid return for Eduardo Escobar. Fink thinks that they can do that again to a higher degree and they can mm-hmm. move a canna. They can move a David Robertson and money for a guy like David Robertson and $10 million may get you Connor Norby and a yep. t- bit more. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a perfect partnership there. I think the Mets should sell. They should attach cash considerations and they should go get some guys to help out that pretty mediocre system. Could you imagine if they ate half of Scherzer's contract? What you could get maybe. Do you with think that? they move a big fish like that? I don't think they move a fish. I ultimately don't think they do. But I'm just saying, like, if there was a if there was a suitor there, you could probably get a pretty darn good package. Oh, yeah. I think they should consider it. They should float it and say, hey, what are you willing to give us if we eat half of Scherzer's contract, you know, and send them over to you? If that can get you a good prospect. I mean, Steve Cohen said, like, I, I want to build this farm up. That's a good way to build it up. For sure. I think eating David Robertson's contract, attaching somebody with him, you, you could get that Norby type. I the, the Mets should be subtracting almost any piece that they can reasonably subtract and use that money as leverage to get prospects. To me, they're not even tweeners. I kind of love these. You like just give me a quick yes or no on these deals because I thought Fink nailed Fink ran them by me. Okay. All right. So I assume they're all yeses, but I just yes, want to they're all they're all Aram Aram approved. Because the article is live on justbaseball.com. David Robertson and three and a half million for Connor Norby. You said yes. yes. Um yeah. how about Robertson and Canna and nine million dollars for Dylan Beavers and Cesar Prieto? Yep. That adds a, an outfielder that you can immediately put in double, and Prieto can what be in triple? Yeah. Again, yeah. You can probably put him in the bigs. Why not? David Robertson, Jose Quintana, 15 mil for Norby and Judd Fabian would be awesome. If that Mets team added Norby and Fabian to the fold, I think that they would be in an excellent spot. Absolutely. Uh, I thought that was the biggest reach. Yeah. You got to try. So I let him him roll with that one. And then there are a couple, including a a huge kahuna here that features three big leaguers and a bunch of money for three good prospects. But uh, you got to go read the article to get that. Jumping to the National League Central, how the fuck are the Cubs going to do this? They've got to, I think they've got the toughest decision of, of maybe anybody. And it's interesting because I see people say, oh, but the, the Cubs have better playoff odds and, you know, than some of the other teams that are potentially buyers. But I, I don't really care about that. Just look at your team and, and decide what, what you think they are. I see Mike Talkman. <laughs> I see, uh, you know, I see, Jan Gomes, Miles Mastroboni, a lot of Tucker Barnhart. I see a lot of Drew Smiley. I know Jameson Tyone threw well recently, but I see Jameson Tyone. I see Kyle Hendricks. Like, if this team somehow makes the playoffs, like, what are they? I, I don't. I think they're in a similar-ish spot to the Marlins. The only difference is they have better expiring pieces, the and they have a way better system. Pieces. Sorry, and they have a way better system. Way better system. So I, I, I'd be really, I'd be in a really tough spot here. If I, like, I don't know what they should do because Stroman can get you a haul. Bellinger could get you a haul, even both as rentals, but maybe you ride it out. Like what percent chance, like, and not, not baseball reference percent, like just in your mind, like what percent chance would you need for the Cubs, you know, to make the playoffs for you, if you're the general manager, to justifiably not move Bellinger and Stroman if you don't think you're going to extend them. That's the biggest thing, too. Do they think they're going to extend them? 
Yeah. So 30, I would need a 30% chance. Um, because I don't know, especially riding this high where they've won three in a row at the most important time to win three in a row. And they're taking on Lance Lynn in his final audition and knowing the white Sox, Lance Lynn will probably fail that audition. Um, like, so I don't know. I'm penciling them in for a W uh, on Wednesday night. They'll have won four games in a row that probably ups their probability to, I don't know, 30, 35% chance to sneak in that NL wildcard race is fart noise. Bad. Yeah. Like really bad. Um, I would, I would consider holding, especially because Stroman and Bellinger have expressed their love for playing in Chicago. I'm not saying you're going to get them on mega discounts, but listen, Marcus Stroman like may be needed in that rotation moving forward. Yes, he's I definitely know. needed in that rotation. Yeah, like I don't know. Brown has been throwing well, but he's had blow up starts. Wicks has been throwing okay. Horton's been throwing really well, but he's still somewhat far away. He was a first round pick last year, coming off of TJ. Like I don't know, man. It it is. I think that those two been around the block presences are going to be huge pieces for a really young Cubs roster for several years to come. And I wouldn't let those guys go. And and if they are expressing their desire to stay, and it's really up to just whether they want to open up the pocketbook. And and that's going to be what it boils down to. And that it's it's hard to speak on that because I don't know what they're going to do. But they should absolutely extend those guys without a doubt. Like I don't think there's any question they should extend both of those guys. And the thing is, if you don't make the trade, at least you can recoup comp picks for each of them. You know, when you offer them the QO, they turn it down. And, you know, if, if they don't take your low ball offer because they decide to be cheap, you get two comp picks for each of them because they're both going to get, you know, pretty decent contracts elsewhere. It's not going to be the same as the return you'd get for each of them, but, you know, they're not going to get like a franchise altering return either. So I, I think with the comp pick structure and the fact that they'd get two, I, I think you might as well consider riding it out, especially if you feel like there's a 50 50 chance that you can extend these guys and they should like they're where else are they committing money anytime soon other than, you know, the stupid contract with Tyone, like they don't have that much more money committed in that many other places. So Stay out I, Suzuki. Yeah. But I mean, Suzuki. that's, that's I mean, a good deal. Yeah. Like, Perhaps affordable. Like they didn't give him anything crazy uh, there. I don't know how much Hendricks makes, but, I think he's off the books after this year. Hendricks so, is 13.9, I think, next year. Next year? He's got one more? Next year, I think so. It's a vesting option. For Hendricks next year. Did it vest? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I see turns into club in 24. Club at 16. So they, no, you just decline it at 16. You just decline and, it. And yeah. okay, there you just freed up some money. So I, I think ultimately the Cubs should hold and extend those guys. Uh, but if they don't plan on on signing them, then I think they got a really tough decision to make here. And you know, ultimately, if they really don't feel like they're going to sign them, if they don't think they're going to do it, they should probably trade them at, at this point. But they, they should do the Jordan Hicks thing where they offer him a multi-year deal. And if he says no, you trade him. <laughs> it's like, all right, fine. Welcome fine. to Oakland, buddy. <laughs> yep. I guess that's the approach that that's the most frustrating team for me. I think just to try to wrap my head around. Yeah. I, we don't need to spend much time on San Diego whatsoever. This is the most frustrating team for me. Oh yeah. Four games under 500, 10 back of the division. You look at the national league wild card right now and San Diego six back of the wild card. And they're saying they're not going to move Hader and Snell who are expiring. It's a joke. Dumbassery. 
I mean, Snell's value couldn't be higher for a rental. Couldn't be higher. Like, I could absolutely see Snell going to a new team, four innings, six walks. (laughs) That's what happens with Snell. Like, he won a Cy Young five years ago. He looks like he's a Cy Young front runner right now, but then he's going to have a six-walk outing, and you're going to be like, where's the old? Like, this is Blake Snell. You have to ride the roller coaster with Snell, and this is the high point of the roller coaster. This is when they snap the photo of you. Move yep. him at this time they snap the yeah. photo. Yeah. And they're six games out and they're they're just not that good. They're not good. Their their rotation is just continues to be battered a little bit. Like I just don't I just don't see why they would keep this together. I understand how much they've invested into this team, but do you have any like they haven't shown any signs of life? They're five and five in their last 10. Like they're they're just the same mediocre team. So for me, I I don't trade Juan Soto. I think they can run it back next year and, you know, adjust the core a little bit. Yeah. But cash in on Snell, cash in on Hater. You you know that you do well in prospect returns and and go from there and and, and reassess, you know, this offseason. You can get a triple A starting pitcher for Blake Snell and more. And more. Yeah, 100%. Go get a good pitching prospect. I know we just talked about it on the call up like there aren't that many of those right now, but like there are future big league starters in the farm for teams that are buyers. Like, go get oh. one of those guys. Um, jump into the American League now. The New York Yankees. They're still five games over 500, but they are nine back in the division. The Yankees right now are two and a half back of the wild card. How do they approach the deadline? Do they buy? I think they got to buy. I do. I mean, <clears throat> this, this team is... It's old. <laughs> it's... It's one of those that at the end of the day, Judge comes back. I mean, that's a player that makes all the difference in the world. Rodon hopefully gets rolling a little bit. Just being healthy, I think, goes a long way. They're going to get Nestor back. I think ultimately, what else are you going to do? You have a good farm system. I'm not saying they have to go crazy, but they should definitely add a couple pieces. You're in the hunt without Judge for the last however long it's been. It's been months. and. Rizzo's just starting to kind of get going again. Stanton's just starting to get going again. I think you got to give it a shot. You already have so much invested into this team. And again, you're, you're clearing up money with Donaldson after this year, you're going to be able to kind of reassess and, and, and do some different things and shuffle things around after this season. I think they should, they should cautiously add and they've got more than enough prospect capital to, to add it at least one or two pieces. You know, who'd be solid is Jordan Montgomery from St. Louis. <laughs> that'd be really funny for for harrison bader <laughs> yeah it, if they had bader and jaymont on the same yankee team i think that's i think yankee fans would have achieved nirvana and i know that's so hard for new york city residents to do um because there are too many distractions for you to actually elevate to that point of tranquility but um yeah like a starting pitcher could help you got Cole. You got a healthy Rodon. I'm excited to watch Rodon throw tonight uh, against the Mets. That's Rodon and Quintana. Um, I I just look at these lineups that they run out every night, and I'm like, where's the sex appeal here, man? Billy McKinney and left again? Really? It's, it's brutal, but they're surviving. And I'm like, I know. You no plug idea. Judge back in there. You go get one decent bat. Another team. Just let's, let's pimp out Candelario to them. Sure. Candelario <laughs> makes a huge difference. Massive. But the other thing with the Yankees is they could buy with control. They could go, they could call the the Cardinals up again and say, hey, you know, the last center fielder hasn't totally worked out. You want to try Dylan Carlson this time around and and see what happens. Again, they've got the prospect capital to make a 
big time move that for a player of control. So, so the, they, could, the, they could approach it that way too. Yeah. The other name that jumps out to me is Tommy Edmond. If he is available from St. Louis, I think Edmond is such a safe piece to add to the New York Yankees. And kind of just exactly what they need. And I think his power from the left side is going to play up there. Like there's a lot of things to like. I think that's a great one as well. Thank that, you. That's that's what they should do is is go buy with control or, you know, go get a, a rental that's not too, too expensive. But I think they could absolutely do that and and help themselves this year. If they don't make the playoffs, okay, you're not losing sleep because it helps you for next year too, especially yeah. with with some of the guys that you're going to be able to kind of get off the payroll and get out of the way. Yeah, two more teams uh, in the American League. They're both in the AL West. We're going to save the biggest kahuna for last. Uh, Seattle here, four games out of the wild card right now. The Mariners, I don't know how they do this. You need to not have Colton Wong starting at second base. Do you need more starting pitching? I don't think so. Do you need more bullpen help? I don't think so. You need to get this anemic offense off the floor. How do you do that is the big question and i know jim bowden in the athletic article that he wrote like floated india in a buyer for buyer deal um he said india for bryce miller i i immediately shot that down because bryce miller at great american ballpark is a match made in hell um and on top of that i I, miller's worth more yeah right so it would need to be india and more i don't know how they approach this deadline like I think Jerry DePoto is going to spend a lot of time on the phone because we know he loves spending time on the phone at the Mm -hmm. trade deadline. But what's he actually going to do? I don't know. This is a tough team. But this is also another ball club, though. You'll get the rotation. It's like, okay, that rotation is not budging for a while. That's a good rotation that has control and is really consistent. Look at the bullpen. It's solid. The, The additions they've made, solid. The lineup is, as you mentioned, is the problem. And they could go go get a bat or two that makes a difference without going crazy here. Jared Kelnick going down really hurt them. Really, really hurt them. And and I, I think that's something that you know, we'll look back and see, depending on how the season finishes, and, and it's going to be you know a big discussion. Yeah. But I feel like you go call the Rockies. Like, CJ Crone, does, does he help? And they're, they're running Mike Ford out there at the DA. I know Ford's been good, but we got – Mike Ford, Cade Marlowe, Colton Wong. Like that. That's needs not to get good. Better. It needs to get better if you're a postseason team. And But the good news is it's pretty easy to make that better. Like how many, how many players that are attainable do you think make them better? I'm like scrolling through just fan graphs position players right now, just, just by F war. And I'm just trying to like browse around as to, to who would be, an upgrade for this team. And, and I honestly think like you could scroll pretty far down. You could go like sub two war and there's plenty of guys that probably helped them this year. Probably a uh, sub two war guy that you see. Zach McKinstry would help them. Uh, and he's yeah. not even good. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's kind of browse around here. McKinstry shout out the central Michigan Chippewas. That could go sign Rugnetto door. Uh, that would help. Do you think it does? I, Anything's I, I actually think it 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 might not help, but it won't hurt. Yeah. So just like keep... that's how bad they are right now in at certain spots. Yeah. And honestly, I I think the biggest move that they could make at the deadline is kicking Julio and Teoscar Hernandez's asses in gear. Like if, if they somehow a big game. Just a Julio big game. 
if Julio can ride any sort of momentum, we we love Julio Rodriguez. We think that guy is one of the best players in baseball, but he has had a very underwhelming year so far. If he can, I don't know, unlock a new level, unlock that 2022 level for the rest of this year, I feel so much better about this Mariners lineup. If Teoscar Hernandez can get back to 21-22 Teoscar, I feel so much better about this lineup. What if they went out and got Tim Anderson? Uh, I don't hate it. Um, would he play second, second base? Second base. I think he's realizing he's if if he wants to to go somewhere else, he's got to play second base. Yeah, I think Tim Anderson would be an excellent audi- or addition, not audition, addition, because that guy needs a change of scenery so bad, and he's the best eight hitter in baseball. I don't care what the OPS says. If Tim Anderson's in your eight hole, moving into September, you feel really good about that lineup. So do we agree Mariners should cautiously add? I think so. I don't, I don't think, think they, they should, should be deplete. Aggressive. Yeah, they should. Think... Yeah. Because like if if being aggressive, the thing with the Mariners is being aggressive means Wu or Miller is on the move and you can't do that. Yeah. And, and also you're not selling because what would you sell? You're not trading any of those pitchers. The position players, there's not that many guys that teams would want. You're not going to get anything for, for Gino Suarez and his contract and, the way he's played this year, you're just not going to get much for him. There's not really that many pieces that you could move and get a major return. You're you're, you're not going to trade your catcher with control. You're not going to trade. The only guy that you could probably move if you decided to sell was Teoscar Hernandez and his value is already pretty low given how he's played lately. So there's really not that many pieces they can sell off. And so you might as well either just stand pat or just make a very low budget addition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, Angels to wrap. Otani question mark. This this is one I I stand by this, and I know people have pushed back on me on this. Ride it out. I don't know if they should buy, but ride it out. And I know that's like purgatory one hundred and one. This this team has lived in the purgatory. Why stop now? I don't know, because you can cash in on the greatest rental ever. This is this is my thing. What are you getting for the greatest rental ever? So that that's my thing. I've I've said for the last several weeks, people are gonna be really underwhelmed for the re- with a return for Shohei Otani. Like I don't know, Otani to Baltimore is still my tinfoil hat thing. A return from Baltimore looks like Westberg and Prieto. Like, no, it's got to be more than that. More West Westberg and Kerstad, yeah, something like that. Okay, is that is that franchise altering? Like, that's not the Soto return in the slide. It helps a lot. It helps a lot, but it's not Washington restarting after moving Soto. And and my problem with moving Otani is the second you do that, you're waving the white flag on signing him. And I think the Angels want to give it a shot to try to sign him. It's really just about whether he wants to to stay. My case is this. Logan O'Hoppy might come back this year. They've been playing much better ball since Zach Neto came back. Like he's a whether he's putting up big numbers or not, he's a big time glue guy for this lineup. And the drop off from from who they were plugging in there is way worse. Yeah. Brandon Drury's coming back soon. Almost any day now. That'll help. That Mike Trout guy's gonna play before the end of the season. Yeah. The rotation is solidifying. Otani's not even pitching his best right now. They're they're gonna get better. It's just, are they going to get better enough in enough time? 
That I don't know. But they're what? Five games out right now? Four games out? Uh, I think three and a half. I mean, come on. Come on. I, I, and I know that people are going to say, oh, well, then if you let Otani walk and you have nothing to to show for it other than a comp pick, that's going to really hurt you. Okay. But again. But you gave it a I, go. You'd be playing. I'd rather have game. a 10% chance at return. Like if, if not trading Otani and playing competitive baseball down the stretch and maybe inspiring him enough to believe in my, my team, if it gives me a five to 10% chance increase of, of retaining Otani, I think that's almost worth, that's almost worth the, the two back end top 100 guys you're going to give me. And, and I just, it's, he's not getting a Soto package. I don't know why anonymous execs quote unquote have floated. It's not happening. It's just not. I would, I would almost rather ride it out, try to keep him and see how this goes. Like this is still some of the best baseball the angels have played in years. Yeah. Which is nuts because they're very hurt and they're going to get stronger. That's so fucking boring. But do you God. add? Do you add? That's the thing. Uh yes, I think so. I think you don't move your your blue chippers, but they have a really bad farm system right now. Um, it it's gotten a bit better with this draft class entering it, but you know, a guy like Kai Bush, like move Kai Bush. Like Kai Bush can be a good big league starter, but he's not a top 100 prospect in baseball. Bachman, Bachman, if he if he still has starter intrigue for a team, move him because you've already kind of waved the white flag on him being a starting pitcher for you by putting him in the bullpen. I, I think that they can move the guys outside of their top five prospects and deal with it later, a la Philadelphia Phillies, where yes. Abel was untouchable, Painter was untouchable. Um but like Ohapi was probably number five in that system. He climbed to number three or two in that system and you moved him because his improvements were a nice surprise to you. Ben Brown, they moved as well. I don't think the Phillies are going to kick themselves for trading Ben Brown for Robertson because David Robertson helped them get to the World Series. I'll take it a step further because I'm with you. I think I think I'd even move Caro. For for the right for the right piece because you have Ohapi for the next yes because you have Ohapi what, what's Edgar Caro going to do for you and I know his value is a little bit depleted com- compared to where he was like this was a guy that some had as a top fifty prospect in baseball now more like a back end top one hundred guy still very valuable yeah. you package Caro with Silseth who's been throwing really well lately and is yeah. still young yeah you can get somebody good and again like this is your last ditch effort to try to convince Shohei Otani. And I think when everybody thinks that you're going to wave the white flag and you push the chips forward, remember, Perry Manassian has only had so much time to fix this. Billy Epler is the one that's really frustrated Otani through the years. Yeah. Manassian pushes the chips forward here, makes a move. They play some good baseball down the stretch. And even if they come up a little bit short, you're telling me Otani's not thinking about that? I can't get in his head. I have no idea. But just like from a human standpoint, you're not telling me that like, okay, this, this team, when everyone thought that we were going to wave the white flag, they pushed the ch- chips forward and, and they believe in me because they, they believe in me. So they believe much. in this team. Like again, it might backfire. It might, it, it, it could easily backfire. I yeah. think you got to take the chance. It's like when you're trying to, to win the girl back, you drive across the country, she might throw it right back in your face, but if you love her enough, you got to try it. Right. I guess I've never really experienced that. I haven't either, but like it's like in the movies, right? Yeah, in the like movies, the, yeah. yeah. When you hold the boombox in the pouring rain, 
Yeah, like you got to try it. Yeah, this is this would be Perry Manassian holding the boombox in the pouring rain for Otani. Yeah, instead of like downloading Raya and you know, or like your Tinder and just going hey, on a date. Like, Raya's for famous people. We're not yeah. there. No, we're not there. I've never I've never tried any of those apps, but you know you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I do know what you're saying. Um, yeah, man, I I don't know. This is a uh, it's gonna be a fascinating scenario. Your words help me pallet if they don't move him um for the so you're still pro move you're for the sheer move. reason of chaos and like the baseball fan in me wants to see otani on a team that's like gonna get in i need to see shohei otani play playoff baseball i need it so bad I, i'm with you dude i need to see my trout play playoff baseball i i've yeah. become an angels fan now like every time i put the game on like not subconsciously too every time i put the game on i'm like rooting for them there's active. something about the vibe man like i i love it i'll watch a lot of detmer starts i'll watch a lot of sandoval starts when he makes them obviously otani i'm keyed in there but you're right like silseth has been thrown well i'm i'm intrigued by chase silseth i like what what moniac is doing i i don't know i'm rooting for the la angels but I don't know. They're just hitting a certain point. And I think it was when Trout went down with injury and, and it might be a little outdated for me because Hey, you know, look what they've done recently. LA is what they've won seven to 10. They've won two in a row. They're three and a half back. But when Trout went down, I was like, okay, time to sell like time to give this thing up. Cause it's angels again. And maybe I'm just a victim of the negativity surrounding those two not being in postseason baseball. That's fair. That's fair. And that's why I think this is the last ditch effort. Push them forward. The reinforcements are coming. Like it, they're coming. It's just whether they'll come quick enough, but Brandon Drury, I think will make a big difference too. I really do. He was playing some good ball before he went down. He finally was heating up. And I think that does make a big difference for them too. Got you. All right. That was the Just Baseball Show, as always, presented by BetMGM. Get some Just Baseball merch. Every other link. You need is in our show notes again, uh, justbaseball.com, your go-to spot for the trade deadline. You want a deadline preview? You want a deadline outlook on every single team in baseball? You've got it at justbaseball.com. Uh, and we're going to be covering the trade deadline like pretty much nobody else. So we will talk to you tomorrow.